Well, good Friday afternoon. It's Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and this is the Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. But real gay. Hi, Dell Shores. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Friday, everybody. Come on in, gather around for the live show, whether you're watching us on YouTube, on Facebook, on Periscope, on Twitter. Say hello, share the broadcast. If you're listening back later on Spotify or iTunes, hey to y'all too. Make sure you write us a review and give us five stars on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen. That helps other people find us. Yeah, it makes us feel good. It just inflates our self-esteem. I check every day to see if somebody else has said how wonderful we are. We sort of stalled on that. Did we? I'm trying to button this. I just hate it when I miss a button, y'all. Oh, I get it. Good. I wasn't going to be able to stare at it for the whole show. Because okay, we get a big show. Anita Bryant's gay granddaughter, that walkaway gay is trying to walk back. The Olympics, Simone Biles, outing and bulges. Vaccine remorse from a Fox News host, God Tribe. A bigot French priest closet case, Country Made Me Gay from... John Waters, a stroke while stroking, and more. Ooh, a stroke a while preview. stroking. I know. That story made me reevaluate my activities before it I just, go to bed. You do have to think about your life choices, but as always, you have to wait for the nonsense story at the very end of yes, the Yes, it's the way we tease. It's like the big guest on Johnny Carson, those of you who are old enough to get that reference. Well, they've continued having evening talk shows since Johnny Carson. Yes, I know. I know. I they know. didn't stop when he when he retired off to the hillside, never to be heard from again. They stopped for me, Emerson. When Johnny left, it. they stopped for me. That's it. That was it. I'm, I have, I'm still protesting. I'm done. It's too late for me to stay up. Anyway. I, I just can't do that. You know, people that watch a show that's on every day, like soap opera, or like the Tonight Show, like any of those, it's every single day shows. That just feels like so much pressure because I'm a completionist. And if I missed one, I would feel like I needed to watch it the next night. And now there's like three hours of TV to watch. And that just seems stressful. Now, I was thinking about the other day how we have gotten so used to binging that now yeah. I get pissed off when I can't. <laughs> I was watching White Lotus and I was like, wait, it's there's no more? I have to yep. wait till Sunday? A whole other week. So, but this week, anyway, what's going on in your life? I, well, I will tell life. you, I went to the den. I have, I'm going to like get all my parts checked out because, you know, when you don't have money, you don't go to the like eye doctor and the dentist because they're expensive. So I went to the eye doctor yesterday. I will tell you all that he told me I had very young looking retinas and it, that compliments. I'm just going to float on that for like a week. Oh my I, God. They have this new thing. They take a thing and then there's like a 3D picture of the inside of your eyeball. I was very invasive. I know. They've been telling me I've got early stages of glaucoma or something for about oh. 10 years now. Early stages. Oh. But I know, isn't it interesting? It's like when I was in the hospital, she said, one of the nurses said, your vitals are like a 30-year-old man. And I repeat that every single day now. Just it just helps you. It just helps As you. you should. But I just don't know that I love a whole office full of people just knowing intimately the inside of my eyeball. It's like a colonoscopy. Like, don't just flash those photos of my insides around. Oh, come on. It's not even close to a colonoscopy. That's, that's, first of all, that is just way too intrusive for me. Thank God they put you asleep. Twilight, twilight. <laughs> you know that year that I almost died. I had a colonoscopy and an endoscopy at the same time when they were trying to figure out why you know I couldn't get off the couch. Um, and I just thought, you know, they were like, "Oh, we'll put you in twilight." I was out, which is sort of disappointing because that's the closest I've ever come to one of those spit roasts, you know, from the front and the back at the same time situations. I was very relieved you got off the couch because you know there was that woman who laid on her couch for several years and she fused to it. Yes. Uh, and then they, they, when they tried to cut her off, she died. Yeah. Sorry to bring the room down, but. Well, oh no, and look, choices. We all make our choices. If that's how you want to go, good for you. And then today I went to the dentist and you know what I was thinking, why in America do we think that like eyeballs and teeth are add-ons for health insurance? That's true. Like, why is that an add-on? What, because they're like vaguely close to the outside? They don't count? Like, it's just bonkers that like vision and dental are not inherently in health insurance. We have lots of problems. So, so does your, your health insurance does not include dental? Mm -hmm. No, I have that 
Affordable Care Act, California covered California, and you got to okay. add those plans. If you've got a fancy woo-woo job, of course that stuff is included. But for those of us paying out of pocket, it's extra, extra out of pocket. No, I mine's included, but I don't have a fancy job right now. But I have the writers. But you have, I know, but you have earned that. Well, and for life. Are you enjoying having both of your daughters home for a little while? Oh, I am. And and today, uh, my daughter Caroline has taken up photography, and she has her she has this cool camera and she said dad i want to take some pictures of you and y'all i haven't had any good publicity shots in a long time and she did so great i just sent them to emerson and had him choose the top five so i i got a free photo shoot today by caroline shores i know i was like i gotta go i was like carrie i'm coming over <laughs> but, but like do you want to practice your photography on me in these 27 outfits and 14 locations you know, just help for my headshots, Instagram, my life, just self-esteem. That is amazing. They are really great. And she's and really- we had a great there. dinner party with you and Blake and Matt and Caroline and Rebecca and me. And I cooked and it was- Yes. Like, Caroline adores you. I just want you to know that. She, she The feeling she, is so mutual. I love her so very much. Well, all right, y'all. Um, what we're supposed to do here is the LGBTQ news and nonsense, so I guess we will get on with it. I will say it brings me great joy to be here with all of you. We love doing the live shows. You know, we've kept this show free twice a week for 130 episodes now. Uh, we It really is helpful if you share the broadcast, if you tell other people to check us out and bring them into our little world um, so we can keep doing it. And I'm going to start off with courts. And laws, of course, we did our big update the other day, but here in California, an appeals court just struck down part of a new state law we told you about meant to protect LGBTQ plus nursing home residents. It had like 13 things in it, but the appeals court struck down the name and pronoun section of the law saying requiring you to address people by their preferred pronouns, saying it violates the free speech rights of facility employees. Associate Judge Elena Duarte wrote, we recognize that misgendering may be disrespectful, discourteous, and insulting. Yes, it is. But that misgendering does indeed convey an ideological message, making it protected speech. Now, to be clear, all of the things, like they have to be given rooms and assigned and all things according to their gender. It was just very specifically about the speech, which is so awkward. It's like the, the facility has to treat them and assign them correctly. But if some terrible bigot employee just can't accept somebody's uh, gender as it is, that they can call them the wrong one because freedom of speech. I don't think this is the last we'll hear on this one. Well, does that mean oh, that yeah. you could retaliate by calling that bigot an asshole? And that's oh, I would certainly of, think so. Or, or motherfucking asshole. You go, uh -huh. oh, freedom of speech, freedom uh -huh. of speech. You say, oh, I'm an asshole. Yep, you can't get my pronouns right. I'll just address you as fuck you, an asshole. Yeah. Instead, of, instead of nurse Jack. Hey, fuck you. Come change my bedpan. You know, that kind of thing. Fuckhead. Fuckhead's uh -huh. good. I'm so sorry. I agree. You couldn't get my pronouns. I just have a thing with names. I have aphasia. Isn't that the thing where you can't recognize faces? I'd just be making right. stuff up. Douche nozzle. Yeah. Uh -huh. just like you've got Tourette's and you just keep screaming out horrible things. Uh huh. So speaking of horrible. Yes. Uh, whoever thought that Anita Bryant would be back in the news. But that speaking of horrible bigots. But this is good, y'all. Anita Bryant, who is best known for her Save Our Children homophobic campaign in the 70s and those fucking orange juice commercials and getting a pie thrown in her face. Uh, she once infamously said, homosexuals cannot reproduce, so they must recruit. You know how we do that. Uh -huh. Hey, you want to be a homosexual, Emerson? Yeah, at the meetings. I've been walking around town trying as hard as I can. I remember that day I was recruited. And then that she called uh, gay people human garbage uh, in one of the first major anti-LGBTQ campaigns. So, that, so that's who she is. Wait, She's and like, before you tell the story story, let's show the pie, just so everyone has the good yes, memory. Just to remind you that just some to homosexual, remind you. she was, she was, here, just watch it. So great. She's uh, not really hear her. I know. June the eighth after she's just basically saying the homosexual agenda um, is that uh, but we did
we, oh, we tried to avoid it and went into a place called Norfolk, Virginia, and were met with protest and uh, um, all kinds of problems. All and, kinds uh, of problems. Uh, every oh, there it is. There's the pie. And that was a, a, a homosexual. Well, at least it's a fruit pie. Well, at least it's a fruit pie. First of all, I have to give her quick. I have to yes. give her. She was quick. I know, but here's the thing. You know, she didn't mean it like that. She didn't mean fruit like a fruity homosexual. She was not that quick. Surely not. I don't know. I thought that's what she meant. And then she said, let's pray for him. Let's pray for him. Oh, you know, that, her husband, let's pray for him. Anyway, well, here's karma, y'all. She's 81 and her granddaughter, Sarah Green, is gay and is getting married. She said of the one on, on the one year podcast that on her 21st birthday, Bryant sang happy birthday and told her that she would have a husband one day. Green snapped back and said, I hope that he doesn't come along because I'm gay and I don't want a man to come along. Bryant then told her granddaughter, Green, that homosexuality does not exist. Sarah's father, Anita Bryant's son, Robert Green, said all at once, her eyes widened, her smile opened, and out came the oddest sound. Oh! Instead of taking Sarah, Sarah as she is, my mom has chosen to pray that Sarah will eventually conform to my mom's idea of what God wants Sarah to be. I love that the dad is he's 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 off on Sarah on Sarah's side and not on his mom. So you know it shows that we some people do evolve. And uh, Green said she doesn't know if she should invite her grandmother. I say don't uh, to the wedding and isn't sure. If she'll be offended if she's left off the invitation list, who gives a fuck? Uh, she probably says she'll she'll probably call her and ask her. I just say, don't. Just fuck you, grandmama. Nana, I know. Nana I, know but, I know, but I keep thinking about, you know, it's like how weird, you know, it's like ha, 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 karma to Anita. But like, can you imagine growing up as that girl and like knowing that and not just knowing lots of us grew up with bigots in the family or in the community or in the neighborhood, but knowing that your grandmother is one of the most famous of all time and being on that development journey, you know, they clearly still have some kind of relationship for her to say, well, I guess I call her and find out if she wants to be invited. So I know whether to send the invitation. And that seems so Southern. I don't know where they are, but like, I don't want her to come, but she'll probably be offended if I don't invite her, even though she's not going to come. So I need to call and see if I should send the invitation just to dot the eyes, so to speak. Well, I, if I were a producer, I would offer Sarah Green a six-episode reality show. <laughs> just for the just like just like leading up to that phone call, that invitation, and then the wedding. And also, I would pitch Anita Bryant like that it was something totally different so that you could get footage of whatever Anita did on the wedding day and just make it look pathetic. You yeah. know, like you've got this glorious, joyful wedding and she's, you know, weeding in the yard or something. <laughs> I don't know why that's what I picked. But I just making a pie. Was... Maybe she's making a fruit pie. <laughs> I, I bet she's got PTSD with pie. You know, she can't walk past House of Pies without twitching. <laughs> Like, it, it must be so hard for her at a potluck these days. I hope she walks. She walks like ten feet away from the dessert table, just in case. Wouldn't it be great to recreate that moment? I'm in, y'all. If anybody can set up Anita Bryant at a table somewhere, I will so throw a pie in her face. Absolutely, at eighty, ninety, whatever. Yeah, like book, bring, bring in the handcuffs, call in the police, and, and, and book me for assault. It's worth the publicity, honey. We could go fund me the crap out of your legal fees for that and the next movie yes i'm like hey i'm like oh that seems like a great idea i think we could sell a tv series unrelated to this if you just got famous for putting another pie in anita bryant's face oh. where, i'm on erica get on the internet and see where she is oh i think she lives in like Stillwell, oklahoma somewhere oh. she, it's not too far from dallas erica let's do a road trip you and me let's go to anita's like, set up a parking lot show with a shit stir right down the street from i'll anita. have erica like park right in front and i'll run up ring the bell throw the pie and just run like a sissy yes well there's no other way to run oh. <laughs> all right Y'all remember Brandon Straka? He was that walkaway gay who was trying to convince people to leave the Democratic Party because he didn't get any attention when he was a progressive. 
He was the one that made that video singing True Colors that made Cindy Lauper so angry. And then he got arrested for his role in the Capitol insurrection and disappeared from social media. Well, Brandon Straka, we'll keep saying his name because I've decided that some of these people that pandered for attention are now in legal trouble. They should be harassed as much as, you know, trans people on the internet at least. He's trying to stage a secret comeback tomorrow. The Rio Crest Winery in Barronville, California is hosting a relaunch for his walk away movement. He hadn't walked far enough away yet, but he told his supporters not to share the details of the event on social media. Well, of course people posted it. Tickets are 100 to $150 and residents are pissed because it's a very liberal welcoming community. Yes. They want the menu to cancel the contract. And also because this weekend is their biggest queer celebration, Lazy Bear Weekend. Well, the owner of Rio Crest is alarmed that when what he thought had was planned as a quiet private gathering of friends has exploded with dozens of phone calls and threats. Don't be threatening business owners. You can call and register your protest, but don't be assholes because someone else is. But the timing does not seem coincidental for him to start begging for money from his supporters again, quietly and privately away from the prying eyes of social media with the Capitol hearings going on and his first hearing in his multiple Capitol charges from January the 6th is on August 25th. A reminder, he was not on video outside shouting, we're going in, go, go, go. Multiple people reported the video to the FBI. So uh, I just enjoy and hope that he does not recover, does not regain his platform, does not have to to fight. Sir, you, because he's in the category with like Candace Owens and Milo Yiannopoulos and all those people who pandered to the least educated, the most afraid, the most bigoted people by running far to the right and being like a token representation to raise their platform, their personal power and their personal worth. They just made a ton of money pretending like they believe this stuff. And remember, he had that whole campaign and some bullshit musical he wrote when he was a lefty. And and then he, he realized, oh, I didn't raise enough money here. I can do much better. So he's not even sincere. He doesn't that, even yeah. believe his shit. I think that group of people that like pandering, placating, self-promoting, just grifting group of people is actually way worse than the dumb, ignorant bigots that believe what they've been taught to believe and have never right. been exposed to other things and are uninformed and uneducated and unscientific. I think it's worth worse to know better and then pander to those people. He's now, I looked at on Twitter today. He's now private on Twitter or whatever it is where you have to, have to accept you as a follower because I got in a little Twitter spat with him with the Cindy Lauper thing. If you remember where I said something about how awful it was. And then he, yes. um, he said, it's unfortunate that gays can't uh, support other gays. And I said, oh, no, no, no. I support most gays. I just don't support those gays who who advocate against my rights. Who 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 are you, basically? Yeah, you. Absolutely. I don't support you. And I am proud not to support you. I'd love to just drive up to Sonoma. I had, you know, I, I, I love Sonoma. Sonoma's great. Let's go. And you know, Blake, he, he loves the wine. So maybe we could do some wine tasting, go up there and just uh, descend with a pie. It's all no, no. <laughs> no, because this is that is the worst group of people to engage. We've talked about it because those people use our ire, our irritation, our things with them so they can yeah. quote tweet it and get a bunch of responses from people who support them. And then right below it, they drop a fundraising link and they make money off of our outrage right. and their faux beliefs. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But okay, I'm moving on. No more. Because we are going to bring shame back to our culture if it kills me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, this is uh, this is kind of a disturbing story, actually. There's 168 LGBTQ athletes who are competing in the Olympics. And I don't know how many of you are watching the Olympics, but uh, that we, we are, they would be 12th if they were a country, the LGBTQ uh, uh, participants in the medal count. Uh, Insider reports that a number of users on Twitter and TikTok have been using Grindr to uh, the explore feature, changing their location and trying to track down and identify the profiles of Olympic athletes. Uh, they found numerous posts, at least one had over 10,000 likes, on TikTok, at least four videos were found exposing Olympic Village grinder profiles 
on Twitter at least 10. Some screen recordings zoomed in on specific profiles showing athletes full faces, all their information. One had 140,000 views on TikTok. The post showed them scrolling to reveal other 30, uh, over 30 users' faces, and one profile signaled he was from a country known for anti-LGBTQ politics, which, which that starts being dangerous. So at least four athletes have been fully identified by face and name, and TikTok has taken down and as well as Twitter and Grinder have said it's a violation of their terms of service. So just come on, people. It's so horrifying. Like one on the basic invasion of privacy of like, you know, sharing people's photos, like share your chat conversations with morons and Grinder all day long, all you want. Absolutely. But identifying features of somebody else on things that are designed to be interpersonal only. And then that it's literally actually dangerous for athletes who might be closeted, who are traveling somewhere, who might feel like here's an opportunity for me to safely connect with somebody else, chatting only, whatever, you know, because we talked about take your condoms and go home and use them. Um, the, all of the things that's so dangerous that people are doing for views. You remember this happened at the 2016 Olympics in Rio? There was a reporter yes. who went down there and did that and wrote a whole story about it. And he was shamed so big and so badly. I don't think he ever returned to the internet. Good. Yeah, because it's actually dangerous. This isn't just embarrassing. You don't know the circumstances of somebody else. And like to not have the foresight of that, like how traumatizing. Don't be asshats on social media for clout. And why? Why do that? Just because you're just. Yeah. We're like, look at this attention. I thought of something nobody else thought of. Yeah. Relatedly, I'm sure whether you've been watching or not, You've seen what has happened this week with Simone Biles, and I just wanted to chat about it a little bit because I find it so impressive. Um, if you haven't been watching the Olympics, Simone Biles, the one who will go down as one of the uh, one of the, if not the greatest, uh, gymnasts of all time, after the opening night of uh, qualifications after her first event in the team competition, withdrew from the competition. And as we got more information. It was because of mental health issues and specifically related to what gymnasts call the twisties, where you lose your sense of where you are in the air while you're tumbling. Um, it's a thing that also happens to golfers and baseball people. They call it the yips. Uh, and so there's been a huge response to that. Lots of people talking about how amazing and impressive it is to see one of the premier athletes in the world talking about mental health and physical, that isn't just like there's a physical body issue and then lots of people shaming her for quote unquote quitting or walking out or be because she's nervous and i'm just feel free to weigh in and share what you all thinking but as someone who has very openly in the last year with you all shared my own mental health issues and how they dramatically physically affect my body it's not like oh i'm anxious and i just need to process through it my body has a physical nausea and things reaction when it happens the idea that the number one athlete in the world, she knew that this was going to be the reaction, right? Like she's been in media for a decade or more. She knew that people would say this stuff and she still made this decision. That tells you how serious it is. Yeah. yeah. And then yesterday she put up a video showing her training session and she didn't need to prove it to anybody, but saying, look, there I only did one and a half twists and I'm supposed to do two and a half there. I got closer and still like landing on my back as proof that physically something is wrong, but it should be enough that for a person to say, my mental health is affecting my physical performance. I cannot do this. And, 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 and here's where I go to Emerson, besides the fact that people are just jerks. Why, what, what, what does she have to gain by saying I'm withdrawing? Uh, I mean, there's nothing to gain here. Nothing. I mean, it, it, it is, it was huge for her to do it. And, you know, for people like Michael Che, whatever, you know, for to, to go after her with horrible jokes. And I mean, he, he had to delete his, his Instagram today or yesterday because of, of his um, awfulness. But what I, I think that what she is experiencing more than the negative is there is a huge outpouring of love and support for her from media and from people on social media. So I hope that she she can get all of, all of that other chatter out of her head. And I hope she can return to us with full mental uh, 
capacity to do what she loves to do. But if she no. doesn't, she had an amazing run and she will always be probably forever the best female gymnast of all time. I mean, probably gymnast. Like, I don't think there's any man that's gotten anywhere near what she's no, no. Um, But, and also she did tweet at one point, thank you, I am seeing the love and all of that. And I don't think I ever believed I was worth more than what I can do in gymnastics. And today for the first time, I think maybe I am. So I do think she's has, uh, receiving the, uh, the aggressive outpouring of positivity, but it's still worth the rest of us challenging the people who, first of all, I get winded at the second flight of stairs. And I would venture to say that the vast majority of critics are not anywhere near as good a physical condition as she is. So the irony of those criticisms. Well, there's one other thing I want to address that I feel like that some of the negative things that I have uh, read, and I, I actually discussed this with Caroline, there, there feels like to me that a lot of people who are so into sports, they feel that there is an ownership of their part of these athletes and they yes. take it very personally that yes. this is a personal thing uh somehow affecting them and yeah. they're you know and she's messing with our medal count and all that yeah. you know and she even addressed that she said with what was going on with me physically the whole point of there being four on the floor is that only three have to compete and it would have been a greater danger to the team, the medal, everything for her to continue and continue to do worse because of what she knew was going wrong with her. So she made the best decision for the team as right. well. Um, getting through some of y'all's comments, Zana, I saw this too. Pierce Morgan called her a quitter. And this is the man who literally quit his television show because he criticized, because Meghan Markle wouldn't go on a date with him one time. Kathy said, I feel so bad for Simone, very brave. Ken, the response from some has been disgusting, like she has anything to prove. Like literally nothing left. There is nothing she has not won at least once. Judy, I can't believe how awful, ugly some people are. Michael, it's the reaction of middle-aged men who want to use her black body as entertainment that get me so pissed. Absolutely, and it's similar to the Naomi Osaka thing, right, that we saw recently with tennis, where like, here is a black woman, also Asian, uh, multiple uh, identities in her, but the, the kind of criticism that gets leveled at black female athletes uh, versus like say white football players uh, is worth noting as well. Brent, yes, she had to be devastated and this decision had to be heartbreakingly difficult for her. Like that, like, like there's any world in which like, yeah, this is what I want to do. And Kathy and many gymnasts went into great detail in support of her. Like Kathy says, never mind her mental health, doing these moves are so dangerous that she risks breaking her neck with just a small error in judgment. When you are flinging yourself into the air, twisting twice and doing two flips at the same time, the number of ways that can go catastrophically wrong, like that word coming out of my mouth, if that happened to a gymnast, this dangerous. I've never been able to do a flip on the diving board. I, right. just, I tried to do a cartwheel last year. It had been a long time and I almost pulled a muscle in my side. It was so like, oh, you haven't done tried to do this on this body in a decade. Said, I'm not risking it. Well, but I do also, I appreciate that her lead. I, it's, she shouldn't have to, but the leadership from a, an athlete at that much of a pinnacle being willing to talk about how much mental health is part of health. You know, that physical health and mental health are all pieces of health and should be equally respected and treated in people who, who are using their body as their instrument. Yeah, now, well, great discussion and um, we're fans yeah. here. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I mean, much lighter Olympic news. Y'all, I wanted to talk about something special on my heart. If you know anything about me, you know that I just love a bulge. <laughs> and they have just disappeared year by year at the Olympics, y'all. Swimming switched from Speedos to those biker short jammers. You know, the divers at least still have theirs. And a big one, you know, wrestlers still have theirs sometimes too. But rowers always used to wear what they call trow. It's just a wrestling singlet bodysuit thing. But in 2012, the American bronze medal rowing team, this photo... Uh, was spread across the internet. And this wonderful gentleman here in the second from your left, Heinrich Rommel's bulge became very uh, discussed on the internet. He was a good sport about it. He even went to Reddit to say, this is me. I swear it's not erect. 
I don't know why it ended up in that position, but there you go. But since then, and that photo going all over the internet, they've started wearing pants for the medal ceremonies. A former college rowing coach, Charlie Sullivan, wrote for Outsports back in 2012 when that happened. If you choose to row and you have a penis and a testicle or two, said equipment will inevitably be on full display in front of God and your grandma and everyone. Now, of course, I feel like I'm going to say some silly things, but of course we want athletes to feel comfortable. We want the focus to be on their achievements. But y'all, these bonuses and silver linings, I just don't think they should take them away from us. Y'all work so hard and put all the rest of your body on display. What's weird about the little dangly bits in the middle also being but that, Man, that one was quite impressive of Mr. Henrik. I know. Um, well, you know what happened? It got, you know, it, it flopped up rather than tucked down, and that just features differently. Yeah, yes, it did. And uh, I just love the way he said, no, Charlie Sullivan said, if he goes, you have a penis and a testicle or two. Like he was all inclusive. He did I know. not. But eunuchs were not included, but other, other than that. It, he did not include if you're shaft only. But I have a number of friends who've had, you know, testicular cancer or something or whatever yeah. that, are, that are uniballs. So, you know what I love about a uniball? When you flip it up and it gets excited, it just looks like an exclamation point. <laughs> you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend who, when he went through it, that was our, like, ongoing. I was like, how's the exclamation point doing? How's the healing? <laughs> Um, but also, yes, you've seen my Instagram and, you know, I blame it on Coach Mike, my neighborhood swim team coach when I was in middle school and he was a college student. I'm sure he was only like 19, but he just seemed like a great God and his speedo and his bulge. One, it motivated to show up for swim team every day in those meets on Saturday mornings and started my love affair with the swimsuit that, yes, I feature all too often on my Instagram. And I'm just saying, you know, bring back the bulge. That's all. Yeah. Bring it back. Bring it back. All right. Bring it back. Oh, wait. In lesbian news. Hey, hold on real quick. We've reached the halfway house of our show. And as we said at the top, we have always kept our show free. We do it twice a week for you. It's not behind a paywall, a Patreon, nothing. Everybody anywhere can listen to us. Please listen to us. But if you enjoy what we do here and you want to support us financially because you have uh, more money than you know what to do with, you could send us a dollar, ten, a hundred, several thousand, you know, a million. We'll do something productive with it if it gets that high. Uh, as a tip, it's in the ticker below. Uh, for those of you listening at home, it's Venmo at Emerson Collins and on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. Now, I want to say a huge thank you to our regulars, Erica, Bob, and Zana, who've already contributed on Venmo. Thank you. We appreciate y'all. And you, y'all listening back on the podcast later, don't worry. Those links still work any time of day or night. Absolutely. Thank you all. And uh, yes. So now in lesbian news. Yes. Um, that would be funny if we had that every week in lesbian news. Now, I will tell y'all, I work hard. I don't to not just make our news about gay men. I look for lesbian stories, trans stories, non-binary stories. I do. try to keep the full range of our community included. Every letter. We're just adding the letters. Now, Absolutely. Tammy Bruce, this isn't a great lesbian story. Tammy Bruce is a lesbian fox news host there she is there's tammy hi tammy hi tammy um, she has said she's bisexual but identifies as a lesbian by choice uh who has actively campaigned for gay and women's rights got to give her give her applause for that while being a conservative in discussing uh cdc covid19 masking gui guidelines she said on fi fox news primetime we got an order that is frankly going to compel some people to not get the vaccine because of this kind of distrust that continues in certain ways. It's like, if I could give it back at this point, you know, uh, whew. the news guidelines advised people who live in parts of the country with substantial or high trans transmission rates to begin wearing masks indoors again, right here in California, we're having to do it. The point is of course, to relieve pressure on hospitals and healthcare workers and is temporary and you know just in the news today louisiana running out of beds so she did not point out that the showing the slowing rate of people receiving the vaccine caused in part by political views and safety misinformation is encouraged by the rhetoric on her very own network where tucker carlson who i like to call tucker asshole carlson actually said the other night that fauci created covid that's what he said. He is just and, so stupid. 
Except uh, that he isn't. He's just like those others. This, like, you know, Swanson's heir, whatever, who, like, couldn't get hired at the CIA. So many of those Fox News hosts that are just pandering for ad dollars, for audience, they don't care about anything. I find it easier to just shorten it to fucker Carlson. There you uh, go. But the, that is a compliment to me. Oh, no, not your tone of voice. Don't worry. You can always put an opinion on it, as you say. Fucker Carlson. Like that. Fuck Carlson. Carlson. Um, but also, Tammy, like this idea, she's like this buyer's remorse on her vaccine. Like the idea that scientists, medical professionals, government officials can't continuously change things based on changing news, information, danger. Like A new variant that we weren't well, aware of. And also that the point is the hospital beds. Governor Greg Abbott just passed yesterday or this morning that in Texas, you cannot mandate for school districts, governments, anything. You cannot put mask mates into place. The party of like small government is telling smaller governments what they can and cannot do. Uh, and Austin, Texas, I was reading, has like 13 hospital emergency room beds available for a city of like 3 million people. These guidelines, as they grow and change, are based on the needs of your community. If your hospitals are running into trouble and healthcare professionals are saying they are in places, then of course you make changes to limit again so we don't overwhelm them. Because why? more people die when we run out of beds. This and, is not actually that hard. And it's, it's non-discriminatory, y'all. It is affecting young people now. I mean, there are young people dying daily because they were not vaccinated. I mean, people who could have been vaccinated, people begging for vaccine, and they're saying it's too late. So, I mean, the greatest tragedy to me is like, fuck these Fox News hosts. But these people you keep hearing out of a, a lot of stories out of the South where unvaccinated rates are higher about these people going into the hospital with COVID and saying at the end, I wish I'd gotten vaccinated. I wish I'd believed. I wish I'd known. Like, I don't know how we get those stories to the rest of the people who aren't. Well, there is a rise in vaccinations in the past few days. So possibly some of this tragedy and some of these conservative politicians who are finally stepping up, like we pointed out last show with Kay Ivey's one of them, are encouraging people to get vaccinated finally. But boy, it took them a long time. You know, a lot of lives were lost because of their their silence. Yes. And also, I'm all for personal freedom. You know, I went through that phase that lots of young conservative-oriented places go through where you think the most important thing is all of the freedoms all of the time uh, until you learn that the reason we limit freedom sometimes is because some people are stupid and you have to protect them from themselves. Like Ron DeSantis said, no mask mandates. Greg Abbott said, but the vaccine is good and you should get it. But the, if, if people are so stupid that their stupid decision then threatens the rest of us, we shouldn't let them be that stupid. That no. is the point of like, right, you can make that choice and your school district and your churches or your malls or wherever, your stadiums, your theaters, whatever, also get to make their choice to say, great, you don't have to get a vaccine, but you can't come in here. That's right. And I don't, you know, I, there's a lot of, uh, there are lots of restaurants or lots of private businesses who are now saying that. And I'm, that's where I'm going to go. That's where I'm going to yeah. go to dine. Yeah. I will they gladly have, yes. show my vaccine card. Yes, because it's about their employees. It's about all of our community. And yes, you do have the freedom to make that decision. And the rest of everyone else and every other institution has the freedom to say you're a fucking idiot and you're not welcome. Yes. Okay. We're way over. We should. I know, but that was important. I can clip through this one. Do y'all see that hillbilly elegy movie starring Amy Adams and Glenn Close? I never got around to it because I was like, oh, I get it. They're both great. And I can see it in the commercial. And, you know, if Dale Dickey's not in a movie about, you know, the meth people from the hills, I'm just not going to watch it. Um, well, he has decided to move on from being uh, the pandering Harvard educated judger of the place he came from and decided to become a Republican and is running for Senate in Ohio. In order to do so, like Brandon Straka and Candace Owens and Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott, he's pandering to the most extreme MAGA base and the stupidest people in the country. He apologized for once criticizing Trump. Last Friday, he blamed many of the problems in the United States on the childless left, claiming that if you don't have children, you don't have the physical commitment to the future of this country via your own offspring called out Kamala Harris, who, by the way, is a stepmother, Pete Buttigieg, Cory Booker, and AOC by name. He said the Democrats are talking about giving the vote to 16-year-olds. Let's do this instead. Let's give votes to all children in this country, but give control over those votes to the parents of the children. You following that? So if you have kids, 
They count as votes, but you get to decide how they feel and vote for them. So your literal one opinion counts more. He doubled down saying, when you go to the polls in this country as a parent, you should have more power, more of an ability to speak to your voice in our democratic republic than people who don't have kids. Literally getting over the entire concept of one person, one vote. That's, you know, the basis of democracy, if you ignore the electoral college, but whatever. Justin Buttigieg had time and came back to him because he's talked recently about the challenges Pete and he have had adopting. He tweeted, bringing a child into this world can be a long, difficult, and often heartbreaking process for any family. Shame on him for this tactless take. As a father, he should know better. As a wannabe senator, it's clear that empathy isn't a strong suit. And of course, it goes without saying, if you don't want to have kids, don't. That's your business, and it doesn't make you any less American. Amen, Chastin. All right, rolling on. Well, you know, what's really interesting to me about this is, is Vance was raised by a meth addict and an absent father who was never around. And uh -huh. he, he goes to that. Because uh, I think... And then he went, went to Harvard, wrote a real judgmental book about where he came from. Exactly. And said, I can pay, but I know those people so well, I know how to pander to them, and he is. Yeah, he sure is. And I, I tweeted him today, and I said, you are as unevolved as the people you write about. Yes. All right, next. Oh, this is me. It says, okay, y'all remember Rick Wiles of True News, the one who declared he would not get vaccinated and said the virus was punishment from God. Then he got it. I'm sorry, I laughed. And had to be hospitalized and almost died. Uh, well, now he is back and he wants to make social media a safe place for young Christian men. Well, mm. young Christian straight men. He said it's meant to minister to young men, to discipline them and to give young men a place to congregate where they feel safe. Because especially here in America, a lot of young men feel that they are under attack and they are under attack and they are under attack. <laughs> I say that three times. The culture warriors in this country are breaking down traditions, morals, family structures. They want to feminize them. They want uh -huh. to demonize them. They want to criminalize them. He got, he worked hard on that eyes, eyes, eyes. Uh -huh. uh, it was they, good oration. Yes. They want to, you know, depress them so that they will not act like the men that God created them to be. Where do young men turn to affirm in their identity as a male, a straight male living for Christ in a pagan world? Uh, the site will be called, are you ready? God tribe. And there's a special section called campfires, which is basically Christian clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I, first of all, I sort of love that he's doing this and that he's just admitting, you know, there is not a place where they can be themselves. That's weird because unless the thing that they want to be is racist, misogynist, and bigoted, they should be just fine anywhere else on the internet. So it's really just saying, we just need a place where we can just be so white and so Christian and so misogynist, you know, and, and no one else can comment. And, 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 and with just a lot of men around, no females, just a congregation of, it, it feels um, like Timberfell to me. It feels like Timberfell Lodge to me. I mean, but, I mean, just sit, I, I will say whoever came up with the idea that like calling it campfires, which is the clubhouse section, for those of you who do clubhouse is an app where everybody gets in the room and anybody can talk. So it's like they can talk around the virtual campfire. That is actually a smart and good idea, except it reminds me of Boy Scouts where I learned one or two or three or seven homosexual things. So it's all conflicted. Well, there you go. God tribe on its way to debut this fall. I, somebody, I wish I had enough time. My problem is I'm always like, oh, we should do. And then I just don't feel like it. It's like, I want to join God tribe and just join the campfires. <laughs> sit around and talk. Stir a little shit up. Like, you know, y'all, I, 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 you know, I know the Lord has called me for a wife, but I got to be honest, just listening to y'all, it's stirring in my loins. And I just, could we all pray, pray together? Anybody else? And then start doing, do you remember that sound you could make in middle school where you pull your cheek and you go? Yeah. Yes. And it sounds like masturbation. I would just start doing that on the campfire. Just like, oh no, y'all just keep praying. Well, actually you could actually just masturbate. Well, no, no. that'd be weird. I want them to think that I am because I just can't imagine that. That'd just be a lot of work. It'd be like yanking on a limp noodle. 
that point. I don't know what kind of mood I'm in today, y'all. <laughs> well, speaking of limp noodles, let's talk about Mississippi. Go. Oh, well, why did you just ruin the story? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you I sure did. It. Um, well, every state in the United States has an out LGBT elected official except one. Can you guess which one? <laughs> Mississippi. Um, is it Mississippi? <laughs> Y'all, I prepared this as a call and response so that y'all could write state names while I read the rest of the story. I ruined it. I'm so you sorry, Emerson. I ruined blurted it. it out. Wait, what's that from? Blurted it out. I don't know. Oh, it's like that Kristen Wiig sketch on SNL where she's trying to play Password. That's what you <laughs> just did. Let's Mississippi. Mississippi. California has the most with 157, Pennsylvania with 54, Illinois 43, New York 38, Michigan 37 round out the top five. We have two governors, two U.S. senators, nine members of Congress, 189 state legislators, wow. and 66 mayors. Yay. Less than 3% identify as Republicans. In fact, there are more trans elected officials than out queer Republican elected officials. 23 states have at least one trans person. So uh, the, that's all from the Victory Funds data, but we are up and up and on and on. But one state has none. Yes. What do you think it is? All right, next, move on. Um, I want to say one thing, though. I know I ruined that for you, but I love this story because I love seeing those numbers. I thought yeah. those numbers were so beautifully impressive. And yes. I think they will just continue to grow. All yes. right. In France, a notorious, uh, uh, notoriously anti-gay priest will face trial. This is not a real trial. It's a Catholic church trial. over what, his. What, what is it they got? Kangaroo court. Is that what it's called? It's just a kangaroo court over his self-professed attempts to cure homosexuality. Now, his method, look at him, is to have sex with men. That's how he cures you. So, I mean, senior Tony, I'm willing to try. What's that? I said, apparently, I've been trying to cure myself a lot in my it's, life. It, it, it just ain't a working. Uh, he, well, he supported banning LGBTQ people from serving in the priesthood. He claimed gay men raise violent children, and he supported a ban on same-sex marriage equality. He's written more than a dozen books, mostly about the evils of homosexuality. Allegations of sexual assault of other men have been made against him for 20 years, y'all. Come on, Catholic Church. A gay man who sought counseling in the 80s said Anatrella's solution was for them to have sex. More allegations came in 2008 and then 2016 when he was reprimanded by the church and banned from practicing therapy performing mass or preaching in public. In 2019, a grandfather who attended a school where Anatrella served as a chaplain accused the priest of raping him when he was just 14 years old. At least one priest claims he had warned church leadership for years about this man, about this priest. He told seven French bishop, bishops and the, the president of the Conference of French Bishops he was told not to criticize Anatrella because he was somebody important in the Vatican. Whew. It's so deep and dark, like what his trauma did to other people, right? He put out into the world 12 books about homosexuality and its evils, which like the woman does protest too much at that point, and then assaulted people and abused people there for therapy uh, because the church told them that they needed to not be this way. And then he did it with them. Like, I can't imagine the trauma of the guilt and the shame he put on those people. And then people who tried to report him to be like good, good Catholics. No, no, he's going to the Vatican. What's really, you know, as I was reading this, Emerson, that you sent me this story, I was, I was, I was thinking about all those reports that we, you know, you can Google it right now that homophobia, extreme homophobia is almost, uh, many, many times link to closet homosexuals. And he, he is he is living proof of that. Yeah. And just horrifying what he did to those other people. Oh, those stories. This next one is a lot more fun. Yes. Um, John Waters is a super fan of Orville Peck. If you're not as familiar yet with Orville Peck, uh, please go do so. You know, he's the one he's been performing in these campy country outfits. He readed Man, I Feel Like a Woman with Shania Twain. And he always wears those masks, you know, to focus on the music. Really, it's because I went on a deep dive and they think he was from like a rock band before. Uh, but, you know, let him keep the mystery alive. So recently, John Waters hosted an Orville Peck concert. And in his opening monologue, he said, country music made me gay. 
He went on to explain, when I first saw Elvis Presley gyrating, when I heard him go, we're going to kiss and kiss and kiss again, I tell you, I knew something was up down there, but I didn't know what it was. He said, I started thinking, other cowboys, are they all sexy? I didn't know. Was Gene Autry hot? Of course, I graduated. I went on to Warren Smith and Jerry Lee Lewis and, of course, Roddy Jackson later. He hung all those country stars on the wall of his bedroom. And his mother came in and said, who are these creatures? <laughs> well, he is a perfect match for Peck, who also did a gender-bending cover of Fancy. He did that country version of Lady Gaga's Born This Way. He did Cowboy Take Me Away with Miley Cyrus on her Peacock Pride special that I love. John Waters also mentioned he's considered writing his own country songs, maybe about the excitement of doing poppers and bronco riding. And I think you just call that bareback is the title yeah. of that song, right? I guess so. I had to go watch. I mean, when I heard that he had, he did Fancy, it's fantastic. I love him. It, it, he keeps all of it until until he got a young boy. So it's basically becomes a, a song. This crazy great lyricist Bobby Gentry. It now becomes a song about a, a mother dressing her son up to uh, entertain the men and yeah. get, get him fancy. Don't let us down. Don't let me down. Uh, as you go down. Um, so oh, wait, and but and also. But I feel like this applies a little bit to both of us. You know, country made me gay. I mean, it might not have been the male stars, but the women stars that started you on that journey. You know, I'm telling you, when I got that album, you ain't woman enough to take my man and then don't come home a drinking with loving on your mind and Loretta Lynn and those big old ball gowns. I just, yes. I was gay. I found Loretta. my people. Well, and I have talked, I did a whole podcast once. This guy is this great uh, podcast and he talks about uh, what is the piece of pop culture where you knew you were gay? And I did an entire hour-long episode about the best little whorehouse in Texas because the combination of country musical theater, Dolly Parton changing outfits multiple times in the middle of a number for no reason, Burt Reynolds in those snap-off skimpy underwear, see where I got it, and the Aggies in those jock straps. Country the Aggies. Music. For me, it was we're going to wrong. And years later, when I went to see the national tour at the Dallas Summer Musicals, I was so excited. I was in the fourth row, and those dancer boys in those jock straps, it did just as much for them, me then as it did when I was like 11 years old, watching it while my parents were out of the grocery store. I told you it was the first, it was the first Broadway show I ever saw when we, oh, uh, yes. I went to, as a, a junior at Baylor to a PR, PRSSA convention and I had the flu the whole time and, but boy, do I remember Miss Mona and those Aggies. Yeah. Um, and speaking of uh, men striking and uh, this is, this is a scary story. A 51 year old right-handed man. That's important. From Japan, it's relevant to the story, it's a yes. It suffered a life-threatening stroke while repeatedly masturbating. He admitted to pleasuring himself several times a day in a new case study published in the medical journal of stroke and cerebrovascular diseases. So now, first of all, that magazine sounds like it's half educational, half cerebro. Cerebrovascular, cerebrovascular diseases. Uh -huh. But after climaxing once, he was hit by a thunderclap, headaches, and severe vomiting. He rushed himself to the hospital where a CT scan confirmed he had a potentially fatal type of stroke. Prior case studies have reported that sex, including the autoerotic variety, never had done that. That means never doing it yourself, y'all. Yeah, I know. Was the immediate uh, preceding activity before a ruptured aneurysm in up to 14% of the patients. Y'all don't do that. According to the author of Sex in the Brain, How Your Brain Controls Your Sex Life, the risk of death by sex-induced stroke can be compounded by taking cocaine or Viagra before the act. Well, that's worrisome. I you know, I may get there. I may get there in my 70s. The man survived and was released after two weeks. Now, I mean, that's a lot. First of all, I'm going to, since I'm left-handed and spoiler alert, that means that I yank it with the left hand as well. I'm going to say that this doesn't apply to me. I feel like that's the only reason they included what hand he worked it with, because otherwise that's such a random detail. It is a random detail. And I want to say something since you are being, you're disclosing 
And, you know, I just had this shoulder surgery on my right hand. You got to switch. No, here's the deal, Emerson. I, the, the other was more problematic for me. The other shoulder was because even though I'm right-handed, I do masturbate with my left hand. Too much information? I don't know. But, but, no, because it's just, yeah, the, nobody has to picture it at home unless they want to. I don't understand. There are a few things that I do. Like I count money left-handed too. There are just a few things that I do left-handed. That means you're a little closer to ambidextrous, ambisexual. Yeah, got a little ambidextrous. But y'all, have you thing. ever thought about, you know, you go through those phases of life where you're single and you're like bored on a day and you're like, well, I'll masturbate to pass some time. Didn't really realize how really? much you were taking your life into your own hands. Literally, you could stroke your way to a stroke. But that is several high. times a day. I've never been a several times a day since, not since like high school. Yeah, like not since those days where you first learned how and it was so exciting. Although there is one particular lotion that my grandmother had uh, that the smell of that lotion reminds me is of like Jurgens? the is early days. No, it wasn't. It was like a Lubriderm or something. I don't remember. Oh, as Lorna Scott said, you're ambidextrous. There you go. Thank you. Vera Lisso had it down. She had a thought. But like, look, so every time you go to touch yourself, gentlemen, remember, you're being a little bit brave. In the words of Sarah Borales, I want to see you be brave. (laughs) (laughs) And then one final silly bit of nonsense. There is a bus company out of in Northwest England that has a whole series of buses and they name them all. They all have names, it's cute, they ride around town. This bus even isn't even particularly new. It was commissioned in 2019 and they wanted to name it after James Bond and after Goldfinger. So y'all, they named this bus after Pussy Galore, except as a bus, it becomes Bussy Galore. Now, if you don't instantly understand why that's hilarious, there is a certain segment of the homosexual population that refers to their anus as a bussy. It's a portmanteau of butt pussy. You're welcome. So this is riding around saying butt pussy galore all over the UK. The company was started by some big old homophobe. And so it's, he like spent a lot of money on that Section 28 and stuff in the UK. So it's just hysterical that there's a bus riding around in the UK that you can ride bussy galore. There's another one called Bussy the Vampire Slayer. Because that sounds closer to Buffy. I said they I thought they were being clever, but they didn't realize how clever. Uh-huh. Be like, it, that means something. It just means a whole lot more than you intended. I would just die. Like, if I didn't know and I just walked up and saw that bus, I would definitely fall on the floor, like, laughing. I'd uh, ride it. I'd ride that bus. Christopher said, I thought you were going to say Octobussy. Um that would work too, like anything, anything, just bussy galore. So what you got going for the weekend, Emerson, anything big? Not, uh, yes, big, yes, no. Tonight I am going, Blake and I are going to the Hollywood Bowl to see Cynthia Erivo in concert. I'm Y'all, jealous. way back when the Hollywood Bowl said, look, we can come back. Blake was like, we're getting tickets. And we got a three pack that was Christina Aguilera, Lettucey, and Cynthia Revo want each of the last three weekends, and it has just been the most glorious set of experiences. I cannot wait. I mean, she and I hear you have premier parking. At I the sure bowl. do, y'all. Dale lives right by the bowl, and so I just took his parking pass and said, "I'm just going to hang on to this for a few more weeks uh, for princess parking." And then, uh, and then a lighter weekend. Oh, because we have two huge announcements on Monday for the Dell Shores Foundation. Uh, watch all of the social medias. We'll be sharing it everywhere. And on Tuesday on the show, we'll talk about them at, at, uh, at length. Uh, one big exciting event coming and the very first bit of programming for the Dell Shores Foundation, both being announced. So watch Monday, tune in on Tuesday. Very exciting. And maybe a couple of other little announcements. We have a, it's a big show. It's a big show on Tuesday. Bring um, in the masses, y'all. So that means I also have a lot of work to do this weekend for the last details of those things. What so, are you up to this week? Well, I teach, as you know, I teach master acting on Saturday and Sunday. And then my daughter sadly leaves tomorrow. So I'm going to probably cry uh, as she goes back to San Francisco with her little dachshund penny. The bitches will be happy. They hate Penny. And um, then uh, on, uh, I, I think I may go out and have a drink and a burger with yes. Mr. Ed Barron. Oh, nice. I know we were talking about I'm going to spend Saturday as a work day and then maybe go to the beach on Sunday. Well, well you right. do that. You, you get a little tan for me because I don't do that anymore. I know. Good for you. 
I just figure, you know, I'm gonna risk it all. I don't care. I'll be le one of those leather oh, ladies. You have good skin. I have shitty skin. I just y'all give Dell some compliments about his skin real quick. To oh, I just, I just freckle, freckle face, just freckle face, Delford. Hey, y'all, my life is so funny. Lorna Scott, who's watching the show, just texted me and said, "Oh my God, I just saw Blake in the Little Rascals. He was fucking brilliant, even at that age. What a talent." Y'all, I don't know if we've discussed it here. I've never seen The Little Rascals, which is like one of Blake's most famous things. Well, that's just not even supportive. Well, it, I would, it's not going to support in reverse. I'm not, we can't go back to 1994 and, you know, make it happen. I tell you what, if you want to see something fun, I know we're running out of time here. Go to YouTube and watch Blake MacGyver at like six years old win Star Search. It's unbelievable. It truly is glorious. You know, I was learning not to piss myself and he was on television all right y'all well however you spend your weekend we hope it is wonderful as always we thank you for tuning in if you want to send us a tip please do once more venmo at emerson collins paypal beard collins shores productions at gmail.com and we will be back to see you all on tuesday bye y'all have a wonderful weekend do something bye -bye. Sort of.